Welcome to In Between. A while ago, I was uh, in my f one of my favorite bookshops, which is basically one long room with one entrance <laughs> on both sides, so one can basically walk through. And the store has clo to close to no shelves because it's just books on books on books, and they are just piled up, and like the whole place is just filled with books and. It's also not exactly organized, or at least no organization that I can decode. So it's uh, very interesting that still every time I find something, a good book or some book which catches my eye somewhere in the chaos, so it's a bit, uh, yeah, like one can try one's luck. And uh, I came across this book with the title The First Firangis, Remarkable Stories of Heroes, Healers, Charlatans, Courtesans and Other Foreigners Who Became Indian by Jonathan Chill Harris and uh, when I read the title I was immediately like hmm foreigners becoming Indian sounds somehow related to my own topic of uh, the in-between so obviously I was immediately interested and I'll read to you the first page which convinced me to buy the book. On becoming another but the fact is my body is never fully mine. It is constantly changing in ways I can't control. Not only does it age over time, it is also forever being modified by what it comes in contact with. Because I am writing this in a hot and humid room, at the height of the deadly summer, I am sweating and losing fluids. The Namak Nimbupani I am drinking cools me and replenishes my depleted body salts. The light, khaki cotton of my kurta lets in air that also keeps me from overheating. But in order to type these English and Hindi words, I have to rest my forearms on the surface of my hot laptop, baked both by the ambient air and Delhi's electrical power surges. As a result of which, my sweaty wrists are ringed by an increasingly angry heat rush. Are these my wrists anymore, or are they the property of other entities? The hot laptop, the humid summer air, the cool fabrics of Indian clothes, the multilingual stew of North India... My body is clearly not an unchanging unit. It isn't even a unit. That word suggests something self-contained and neatly divided from what is outside it. My body is rather an extension of the larger environment that I work in, against and with. As my environment changes, so does my body. And when my environment changes in extreme ways, geographically, climatically, gastronomically, culturally, linguistically, economically, my body changes are most obvious to me. These changes never amount to full makeovers. Wherever I go, my body carries with it the imprint of its past environments. But it is always becoming different in its new ones. It is always becoming another. And here in India, I'm becoming Indian, as have so many other migrants to the subcontinent before me. I really connected with this page immediately because... It conveys a very similar thought that I have thought so many times. Like when you start noticing how your body changes in a new environment, be it that you are more tanned, you smell different, you start wearing different clothes which are better adapted to the environment, you, your hair starts to look different because of different water, your skin starts to look different because of different air. So I always find myself to look kind of different and I was thinking that so many times because it sounds so weird but 
definitely I definitely noticed that and then I think of all the small scars and this and that skin irritations which I got in India or got in Switzerland and I'm bringing with me to wherever I'm going so the thought of the body always adapting always becoming another but still carrying all these markers from previous environments that uh, really spoke to me milestone I would like to talk about is uh, that by now I finally managed to more or less confidently drive with my scooter on Delhi's roads on the left side of the road instead of the right one on streets which are full of very different vehicles that drive in very different speeds so from people crossing the road to dogs to monkeys to auto rickshaws to cycle rickshaws to fast cars fast motorbikes all kinds of things which were with varying speeds and one has to always find like these holes in the traffic also in a traffic which asks you to drive a lot more intuitively because most people are not following rules and if I ask my friends about rules here I have the feeling that they don't even know the rules for example when I ask them oh so um, there's this middle line and here it is not complete but it's like tick, 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 tick. It's, uh, it's not complete. Oh, does that mean that I can overtake here? And they're like, Acha, okay. That, that's why the lines are sometimes full and sometimes they are just uh, in small little strips. And I'm like, okay. Or I ask them, is there anything similar to right precedence? Something like left precedence? And they say like, I don't know. Whoever gets there first goes first. And also I have my hand on the honk all the time to honk and make sure people know I'm there. And in the beginning I had a lot of uh, little fights with friends. In the beginning I was too scared to drive alone and I asked some friends, can you sit behind me and uh, make sure I don't get killed and I start to understand it. And just as I had learned, I always, whenever I took, uh, whenever I did any maneuver or went to the right or to the left or whatever, so I would always look back just the way I learned it in Switzerland. And they're like, no, no, stop doing that, it's so dangerous. And I was like, yeah, but I've learned that and I've passed the test. Eventually, I saw that they were very right because one cannot look back. One has no time to look back because any moment something unexpected can happen in front, which is not really the case at home so much because you drive in neat columns, which is definitely not true for, for Delhi. Or, yeah, one always has to look in front. So after fighting with them a lot, at some point I had to say, you were so right and now I'm not looking to the back anymore. But also it's like an art. One needs to drive really, switch really slowly, switch lanes really slowly, do everything really slowly so everyone else can uh, adapt to whatever you are intending to do. And one thing which always astonishes me is uh, the way that some, usually motorbikes or uh, rather big fancy cars, how fast they drive and how if I would behave any a little bit different than what they have calculated how that would totally probably kill me you just have to pray that they don't overestimate their their own driving skills and how much you have to put your life in the hands of others in traffic especially here I found that very scary and uh, I remember one day when I was finally got the courage to drive to Lodi Garden a certain park where I go for Acro a lot and it's a uh, it takes about 20 minutes with my driving 30 <laughs> because I always drive on the bus lane on the very left lane very very slow <laughs> so everyone can overtake me who wishes to 
and then I was already quite proud of myself that I made it till there and uh, then I <laughs> then two friends called me they were like hey we're in the area do you want to grab lunch with us and I was like okay why not but I'm with my own vehicle so if you guys are coming with your bikes you need to drive slow they were like yeah yeah no problem no problem then they actually came and we first went uh, into a Muslim neighborhood called Nizamuddin to have some lunch one was driving in front of me I was following him the other one behind me to make sure I don't get lost and then uh, somewhere next to some goats we parked our bikes so it was already quite funny and I was again quite proud of myself but then they told me oh let's go and have a chai and I was like okay and then we were driving 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 30 minutes 40 minutes I was like god and then at one point I just like heavy evening traffic like people driving very aggressively and so much and I was like oh my god like and always have to make sure I don't panic when I see nothing else but cars and I'm forced to drive way more fast than I'm comfortable with especially because something unexpected can happen any moment or there are like these huge holes in the street which you also have to watch and uh, so much happening eventually I recognized a tower I was like this is city outwards what's happening here and then uh we went to another Muslim area which is famous for chai and I was like oh my god now that I managed to drive this I think I can drive anywhere so uh, again very similar to the thing with the body I'm so amazed by how my driving skills are able to adapt and I'm wondering if I can still if I'll be driving like a full asshole when I go home not caring about any rules anymore just driving intuitively let's see about that but definitely interesting how fast one can learn and change habits. Then another thing I'm starting to realize is kind of how my morality changes or like slowly seems to change in certain aspects. For example, there was an incident a couple of weeks ago when at a friend's place a maid stole some money from someone and the first thing I thought, I was like, oh my God, like you cannot trust this person anymore. You have to kick her out or whatever. But then I was very astonished that they did not kick her out. They, she's still working there. And uh, the way they they treated the issue and they, dealt with it, they dealt with it was very different. But also I'm starting to understand that some relationships are very different here. It's not just a very contractual relationship, like you're my employee, you do work for me and that's it. But it is uh, way more complex there's some gift giving there's some to decode and I found it interesting how even I'm thinking now ah no you can make it work it will be fine and how I start to think way more gray all the time how I'm starting to be less direct with people and uh, especially when some people ask me to meet them and I didn't really want to but then they convinced me some of my other friends were like hey you need to start lying from time to time just say you cannot this happened that happened so I start to um, observe how I start to put bring on little little white lies here and there, mostly to not having to be too direct, to not hurting someone, to make something sound a little bit better than it is. And uh, also I notice how more and more I am thinking more about what I am saying. I'm kind of fragmenting myself so certain informations about me are only for certain people and many times I don't say anything because I don't want to provoke more questions or I don't want to get judged or in general I don't want to play more information in the hand of some people and uh, just 
rather want to stay in the gray. And that's a very interesting new development, which I've never noticed on myself. But I see similar things, for example, in the beginning, I was always so confused here when I met people or was supposed to meet them and then last minute they would cancel or plans were never fixed and I was very hurt but after a while you learn to operate in the same way you say yes but even though you already have another engagement and then you'll see what happens and which plans out and even I started to sometimes canceling last minute now which is something I feel like at home would be considered very bad but here everyone does it so I don't feel so bad anymore so these small, small changes in morality, in the way I perceive things and also in the way I do things, I am finding that very interesting to notice this on me. Especially we have been talking about how the body adapts. Maybe that's part of how morality adapts. Then uh, regarding my research, so I'm affiliated to a certain university in Delhi one day I went to meet the person which is basically my supervisor there or responsible for me and uh, we were talking, I was telling her where I am in my research, what I've done, whom am I talking to, where are my questions and problems and at some point she said, so okay, so for you it's about belonging, right? And I was like, uh, yeah, I thought, okay, it's more about making sense out of your life or where you belong, but it's also about belonging. And the interesting thing was that... Uh, after this meeting, I stepped outside and I took a rickshaw to, in order to get dropped at the nearest metro station. And then while I was in the rickshaw at the red light, some hitcheras came and they asked for money and they straightforwardly asked me for 100 or 200 rupees, like very, I had to laugh, I was like, what is this? And then I asked the rickshaw driver, I was like, hey, do they ask that much money from you too or is it just because I'm a foreigner? And he's like, yeah, it's just because you're a foreigner. And um, then he was talking, did you hear where she's from? I was like, where she's from? I have no clue. He was like, yeah, she's Bengali. You can hear it in her Hindi. I was like, hey, my Hindi's not that good that I can pick up accents and all. And then he asked me, of course, where I am from. And I asked him uh, where he is from. And then he told me that he's from Bihar. So I asked him, like another state in India. And I asked him, is your family there? Is it here with you? And he said, you know, no, we have been here in Delhi since 30 years. But who is actually from Delhi? Everyone is a migrant, basically. And after 30 years of living in Delhi, are we still Biharis? Do we still know that? And I found it so interesting how he raised very similar questions like I did, uh, like I just discussed with that professor, how that rickshawala was just talking about the same things. And I really, yeah, I really liked that. Else, in general, I find it difficult that because of COVID, I am not able to observe a lot, but make my study mostly interview-based and what people say they do and what they do is usually not the same, which is very difficult. And sometimes I feel like I don't know how else to ask the same questions. I don't know how to get further into into what I'm interested in because I I ask, okay, how do you experience the in-between? What exactly are the two worlds you're in between or the several worlds you're in between? Maybe what I'm asking uh what are moments when you realize this in-betweenness or this and that? And I ask and ask and ask, but I keep kind of, uh, yeah, I'm not getting closer somehow, I feel, and that's a bit frustrating at the moment. Then the last thing, I went on a trip to Gujarat, another state in India, and uh, I'll just share a couple of highlights here, which I really enjoyed. So, for example, we went to the beach 
and the beach in india is very different than beaches in other places for example there is there are camels and horses and these four by four cars and everyone you can like, take pictures on them or ride on them and pay for it or there's huge inflatable wheels in the water and boats and whatnot so there's a lot happening people sell corn chai is there and there are many more things while people most people don't go swimming or don't go into the water and if they go they go with a lot of clothes so there's also no tanning and sunbathing happening but I found it so interesting how the same space is used so differently and how still it was such a beautiful beach, like such a beautiful part. We also spent a lot of time at bus stations. So usually whenever I'm at bus stations with Indian friends, so they go and buy the tickets and handle everything and I sit with the bags or backpacks and wait and then I usually have a lot of time to just look at people and I love looking at how people carry their bodies some are so upright others are not so many different saris so many different Indian clothing different ways to tie sari just people from different castes and classes different regions different tribes like there's always so much to see and I find it so interesting and also the conversations in the buses because in Gujarat, there, like, I don't speak any Gujarati, so after a long time, I again felt like I understand nothing. But then still, um, since I was always the only foreigner, people were staring at me a lot, and it was, it always led to some interesting conversations, mostly with uh, women that talked to me, and if they could speak some Hindi, we had a, a chance to actually talk to each other, and it was always cute how they approached me to talk. the highlight was of course Kutch, the salt flat so it's really it's basically a desert with just salt so it's completely white and all the colorful houses and clothes of people there's camels and camels with carts and whatever so they they are in front of that white background and they seem so colorful and look so beautiful and also yeah the camels are moving there the silhouettes like everything it's i found it quite impressive and I had to laugh a little bit when one friend was like, uh, for some reason he sunk into the into the salt. So under the salt there is something very muddy and wet. We found out after that I was so scared I'll also sink in. But I had to laugh so much. <laughs> it took me a while to be able to help him out because I was the closest. <laughs> um, and after he sank in and he was muddy up to his knee, he wanted to wash his, his trousers, his shoes, his socks, whatever he was having on. And also my... Um, fabric shoes were getting really muddy so we went to some kind of a well and uh, while he was there uh, washing his stuff I was sitting there and then, um, then a guy came with his camel and he was actually yeah pulling there is like this big bucket and he it's uh, on a chain and then you you put it down the well and then you get pick it up with the water and so he filled it like three times and handed it held it there for his camel and the camel was drinking and this relationship between that animal and that man was so intimate somehow. While before it seemed like mostly, I don't know, a way to make money or whatever. So it's like seeing that up close was somehow really beautiful. Then uh, one experience which I also really liked was that uh, we went to some hill station. But because the 
hotels or sleeping up there was expensive, so we all took a place I don't know, at the foot of the mountain. So we, we roamed around there, and in the evening we had to get back. But there was not much transportation anymore, so it was a little bit of difficult to find something. And then there was like one Jeep, one truck already so full with people. And then my friends were like, oh, yeah, perfect, let's get in there. And I was like, oh, God, okay. There, <laughs> where should we get in there? And then uh, like the people who owned the truck, they were like to everyone, oh, move, 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 and make some space for madam. And I was like, they are already sitting on top of each other. How should they make space? And in the beginning, half of my butt was outside. <laughs> took a while until we could close the door and everything. And then we were really like, uh, it was all men and me, and it was like really... Everyone really close, sitting in there, not very comfortable. And then he was like racing down the mountains, all these curves. And I was like, oh God, thank God I'm sitting next to the open door in case I have to vomit. But my friends were like, oh, the stars are so beautiful. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know, I feel like if the same situations would have happened in Switzerland, people would have been complaining or whatever. But here what happened was that after a while someone connected his phone and played some music from uh, Despacito to Justin Bieber to Hallelujah to Stand By Me, whatever. People were just singing along and having so much fun. And that was, I don't know, this, uh, this ability to make the best out of every situation really, again, kind of impressed Another thing was that I forgot about a work meeting and I would have had in Switzerland and I would have had to have this online meeting in the train, which would not have worked. So that's why we took an extra day in Pushkar. And uh, so we looked for a place where I could uh, have that meeting and Wi-Fi and everything. So after that, we found a restaurant and I felt like eating something Western for a change. So when I walked in, I already saw like, oh, wow, they have real like basil like pots with real basil and also in the menu fresh pasta and a lot of other things which I was like that sounds really Italian let's see because a lot of times Italian food is kind of Indian Italian but that was not the case it was like really amazing foods and with stuff like ricotta and mascarpone and whatever a lot of things which are hard to get here so I I was asking the the waiter like how how is this possible? Like, this is the most Italian food I had in uh, whole India so far. Or maybe second most, if we don't count the restaurant run by Italians. And then uh, he called the owner and we talked to him for a long time. And he told us, while wearing an Italian soccer t-shirt, he told us how he learned cooking from an Italian guy, but how he himself was never in Italy, actually. And how he grows his own basil, his own rucola, he makes his own ricotta or whatever, his own fresh pasta. And it's like the pay, like the passion he had for all this cooking was so amazing how he used to give his food to other foreigners and make them criticize it and try it and tell him what to change, how he by now invents his own recipes. And that was, uh, I don't know, that was such a remarkable story. And he was so nice and, and sweet. And then we came out and there's like this kind of artificial lake and we were walking back. There was a guy and I can still not say if it's f he was a foreign person or if he was Indian, hard to say. And he played an instrument which my friends told me is called Iktara. It's kind of like a violin but only one string and it makes a very whining, sad 
or very emotional sound, I would say. And he was just walking around the lake, like making rounds, walking on these small steps. And he was so much like into his playing. He didn't even notice anyone around him. And it seemed like a ritual or something. And I was wondering, maybe he lost someone or maybe some love affair has ended or some love relationship has ended or I was wondering what was happening there and but it was such an intimate moment to kind of observe and he really surrounded the whole lake like always playing and very slow walking because we then also took a round around the lake and we met him again like halfway on the other side of the lake and yeah just watching this was a was a very special moment. <laughs> 